Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Well, hey, welcome to the most entertaining weather show. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks Live. Hey, thanks to our Patreon members and teammates for supporting the show. Uh, you can join us as well and get access to our exclusive Facebook group with co-hosts and past guests like Ginger Z, uh, Ryan Hall, Michael Binsky, Dr. Philip Klotzbach. Uh, we've got over 50 other uh, past guests in there as well. We've got a number of tiers with exclusives, but you can help support our show for as little as five bucks a month. Uh, you can see our supporters scrolling across the bottom of your screen, as well as our new teammate, Jennifer. So Jennifer, welcome uh, to the team as well. Hey, one of the cool things we're doing tonight, uh, so, so besides introducing Stormfront Freaks Live, uh, we've been promoting a little giveaway that we're going to do tonight. Uh, we've been promoting that on Twitter and uh, what we're going to do is we are going to announce the, the winner of this is an 8x10 photo, uh, Twister photo from the movie Twister. And it is signed uh, best, uh, best Wishes or just Best Bill Paxton and uh, Helen Hunt. So Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt and, and this, I've been holding on to this, folks, for about a year, waiting for like a cool time to give this away. <laughs> and the longer I have it, the harder it is to get, to give it away. Uh, but anyway, so what we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to have a break a little bit later in the show. And during that break, uh, we will actually give this away. Uh, what you had to do is you had to be on Twitter. You had to uh, retweet the post. Um, but then the other thing we're going to do is when we give this away, you have to be watching. And so we're going to give you one minute when we announce your name uh, you get one minute to go to Twitter and DM us uh, that you you heard it, you got it, and, and then we'll get that out to you. If you don't in that minute time, then we're just going to uh, redo the random draw, <laughs> find out who's next, and then give them a minute uh, right. to, to respond. So No pressure. I know. <laughs> none. None whatsoever. So if if you're new to the show, it's always happy hour when we record. And, and what it is, it's a great way to introduce the co-hosts that are with us tonight, um, find out what they're drinking, but also kind of let you know we're, we like to have a little fun on this weather podcast. So we're going to go around the horn here a little bit. I'm going to start with uh, Dina Knightley, our meteorologist and weather producer at weather.com. Dina, what do you got? What are you drinking? I'm not that fancy today. I just have a Michelob Ultra. Nice. Just kicking back with my beer. Not bad. Kicking it back. Kicking it back. All right. Uh, our meteorologist, Serena Arnold, uh, what do you have this evening? I found another weather beer, you guys. Oh. Nice picture in the background, by the way. All right. I know. Nice, Check this out. Nice, nice. Uh, this is Citrus Squall. Oh. Nice. Right? Right? What's from the flavor, Fish. Serena? What's that flavor? Uh, this would be a grapefruit and agave double Ooh. golden Ooh. ale. It must guarantee you're going to be moving 50 miles an hour. Venus <laughs> uh, Squall. Venus yes. Squall, for sure. Love, love. We get those all the time here yeah. in Ohio. So Mark Maz Massaro, former on-camera meteorologist Maz. What do you got? Yes. So earlier I was nibbling on sponge cake, and so <laughs> I just decided... It's Margaritaville night here, so nice. Keeps disappearing every time. Yeah, <laughs> not bad. All right, then we got Jen Watson, our meteorologist at the Weather Channel. Jen, what? Uh, what do you? I see. I see you and Maz are sharing the same uh, home this we evening. Are. We are same designer. Interesting. Yeah, don't tell our spouses, okay? <laughs> I know. This is very true. Um, I have uh, some refreshing, sparkling water, lemon flavored. Delicious. You oh, can't even cool. see it. You can't really see it. No. <laughs> the, the joy of green screen is green. if you have a green bottle, you won't see that either, probably. Huh? This is true. This is cool. Very true. A little period. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, Maz, let's uh, let's get to the, the important guest here tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. We have Liz Lightman tonight. She has been a National Weather Service meteorologist for almost 17 years and is a graduate of the University of Oklahoma. <laughs> Currently a mesoscale outlook forecaster at the National Weather Service Storm Prediction Center, 
Liz forecasts severe thunderstorm hazards for the nation. Previously, she's worked as a meteorologist at local National Weather Service offices in Billings, Montana, and just down the road from us, Louisville, Kentucky. Liz became the first woman to issue a tornado watch on February 15th, 2023. So, Liz, first question I got is, what are you drinking? Second question is, how nervous were you for that first forecast? Okay, well, the easy question, and I mean, there would be nothing more appropriate than having the FIPA tonight. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that, that's the easy part. Um, how nervous was I issuing the watch? Um, I mean, I was nervous in general. It was my first time uh, on, you know, working a lead training shift. And, you know, so there was just a lot of, you know, background nerves for that. Um, but honestly, like once I was kind of like in the zone, focused on what I was doing, I wasn't really thinking too much about that part. And it was funny because right before I hit send on the watch, I turned around to my coworker, Evan Bentley. And I was like, Evan, take a picture of me. <laughs> and, and he was like, he was like, I got you. I've already been taking pictures. <laughs> and so, yeah, then we all just kind of like, we're like, yay. And, you know, celebrated a little. And it, it was cool. <laughs> well, cause Fabulous. I was going to say, cause after all those years of being on air, I, I never thought of, if I had to make the watch myself, it was always like, well, comes another watch. And then, but I'm thinking afterwards, oh, thank God I didn't have to make the watch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Liz, sorry. (laughs) No, I I was saying it's a little nerve wracking and challenging, but you know, it's, uh, I love it. So Liz, you know, what was surprising to me when that like tweet came out, I didn't realize that there wasn't a female before you that had actually made a tornado watch. That was like surprising for me. I was like, wait a minute, what? It's 2023 and this hasn't happened yet. Yes. So I would love to know, you know, the ratio of like male to female meteorologists there and kind of why it hasn't happened until now. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it, there's, it's multifaceted, um, why it's taken so long. Um, I mean, just until like recently, I think October of last year, I was the only female forecaster at SPC for like 10 years. Wow. Um, (laughs) Wait, that just blows my mind for a second. Yeah. Well, (laughs) there's only been five of us in our history. Um, so, you know, 70 plus year history. It's (laughs) 2023. Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yes, yes, it's taken a long time, but you know, there's multiple reasons for that. Uh, you know, obvious, I think the obvious reason is meteorology is a male dominated field. That's definitely changing. Um, Serena, I think we graduated, I think, were you a year ahead of me? I think, um, we were, I think we were in like some of the same dynamics courses and in the trenches <laughs> together there for a while at OU. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it was probably what, like 30, 70, you know, male to female mm-hmm. uh, in, in our classes. And, um, but even since I've been in the weather service since 2006, I've seen a huge shift. There are more women than ever um, in the weather service. So, uh, you know, that we're changing and we're making progress there. Um, the other thing is that SPC, we only have 22 forecasters, um, a national center that covers the entire United States, and we only have 22 forecasters, which is not that many more than the local WFO. Um, and, you know, and so those opportunities, we basically have three tiers of forecasters. We have our mesoscale assistants, our meso outlookers, and then the lead. Um, and in order to, you know, be in a position where you can train on the lead desk, you have to have been a mezzo outlooker, uh, for at least three years. Um, and I am the first female mezzo outlooker in the, in the modern era. So, um, you know, can we just give you a thumbs up list (laughs) for all the ladies out there, you know, so and once you come to SPC, it, you know, people tend to stay there. Uh, we don't generally have a lot of turnover. And when we do, it, a lot of time has, happens through retirements and things like that. So in the 70 plus year history of SPC, there's only been 36 lead forecasters. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. 
And so, you know, there's basically like three generations of, of lead forecasters. So it takes a really long time to, you know, be able to get in that position in the first place. So that, that, that's also a big part of it. So that's Liz, awesome. question for you, since everybody was watching that first watch, did it verify? How'd you do? Yeah, I was like, I gotta know. <laughs> yeah, so the first watch was actually a severe thunderstorm watch. Okay. I issued the tornado a couple weeks later, but you know, whatever. Um, but yes, it did verify. And it was really, it was really cool also because, you know, like Cleveland County in Oklahoma where Norman is, was included in the watch. So I got to issue a watch for myself. Nice. <laughs> so there's, there's another first that happened recently too. The air quality, like up where I'm in new England. Right. And so the air quality up here has been crazy. And there was a dry thunderstorm outlook um, that also was kind of record breaking recently, wasn't there? Yes. So that isolated dry thunderstorm outlook that was across parts of Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Um, that's the first one ever that we have issued for that area of the country. And I think, wow. um, I think other than Florida, um, that far East, I think there was one in the Carolinas in like 2019. So Did yes, very uncommon. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's very concerned about verification <laughs> well i know that there were thunderstorms in the dry thunder area i don't know how much measured precip that they had with them um but i think the important thing to remember we call it dry thunderstorm areas um and i think the thing to keep in mind with that is you know the most important thing is that you have dry fuels that are receptive um, to fire ignitions if there is a lightning strike. And so a lot of times, even if those storms do produce measurable precipitation, you've got lightning bolts hitting outside the main ring cores and things like that. Um, you know, and even if they're producing up to a half inch, three quarters of an inch of rain, um, those fuels, if they're dry enough, can still ignite. Yeah, I think there were yeah. like two fires started in New Jersey, New Jersey, maybe even Pennsylvania. I remember hearing of at least two yeah. after that. So it verified, Maz, you're good. <laughs> okay, good. I knew you were driving. You were driving through those areas, weren't you, Serena? I'm just I'm not trying to put two and two together, but you know. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a pyro man. I like my weather beers, but I'm not a pyro. <laughs> so, Liz, how long have you been in Oklahoma at that office? Um, so I started at SPC in January of 2010. So okay. yeah, about well 14 then. years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been there for a lot of tornado outbreaks. Like, can you describe what it's like being there at the SBC or, you know, at NWS during something like that? Yeah. So SPC is a lot different than what you would imagine, like at the WFO. The WFO, you know, it's much more chaotic when they're in warning operations and there's a lot going on. There's you know, all hands on deck, um, tons of people in their operations area, you know, uh, working with ham radio operators, emergency managers, communicating and social media, multiple people issuing warnings and, you know, doing routine forecast stuff and launching weather balloons. And, you know, it's just very crazy. There's so much going on. Um, at SPC though, we're kind of, you know, it's very chill pretty much any time and well for the most part it's chill <laughs> but um you know we typically like on a day shift we have four forecasters um and really three it's the bulk of it is three forecasters there's the lead who's issuing the watches there's the mesoscale forecaster who's issuing the mcds and then there's the meso assistant who is um partly helping with the the outlook um, and then in the afternoon, assisting the meso forecaster to kind of sectorize threats um, across the, the hazard area. But um, so we're pretty much staffed to deal with any threat. And so what you see on a no weather day is pretty close to what you see even on severe outbreaks. Um, for on September 27th, for instance, we did bring in an extra person that day because typically the lead forecaster will issue the morning update um, at 11.30 a.m. to the day one outlook, but he's already issuing watches at that point um, during these big outbreak days. So we bring in an extra forecaster to issue you know, that outlook, um, but pretty much it's those three or four individuals covering everything. It's wow. always amazing how little people <laughs> you have in a in a place where you would think you'd you'd have rooms full. 
Yeah. Oh, I, it would be wonderful to have rooms full of <laughs> the things that we could do if we had yes. a room full of people. So <laughs> you are, you're, you're currently training Liz to be a lead forecaster. Is that right? Um, I'm training to fill in on the lead desk. So we don't actually okay. currently have any vacancies on the lead desk, but we do what's called cross utilization training. And it's where the lower graded forecaster can fill in at the higher grade, the next higher graded okay. desk. Um, once they have enough time um, at SPC to train and then they can fill in, you know, for sick leave, annual leave, um, things like that so that we have some flexibility in our staffing. So what, what's involved in that training? So for you to become a lead forecaster, what are the things you have to do or the time you have to put in um, to make that separation or that difference? Yeah. So it, it's kind of two-pronged. Um, I did have to read, you know, things like uh, weather service service assessments and feedback from uh, WFOs and the types of things that, you know, they prefer happen on like watch coordination calls and things like that. So part of it's kind of like studying um, text. And then the other part is basically on the job. So you actually work the shift and I have to work, um, I think 10 shifts where a watch is issued. Um, and then after that happens, um, our, our operations branch chief will talk with the full-time lead forecasters to get feedback from them if you know they think that I'm ready and things like that. And if they give the green light, then um, I'm ready to fill in when needed. <laughs> so so take us through what's the natural progression, like the hierarchy of when you someone first gets there, you know, they're cleaning toilets and then what's the next step? <laughs> <laughs> um, so at, at SPC, since we're a national center, our lowest graded forecasters are not entry level or what you would consider entry level in the, in the weather service. So typically you have to have started uh, somewhere else in the weather service. So I was a forecaster at Billings and at Louisville. Um, spent about four years between those two offices before I came to SPC. And so whenever you enter SPC, you're a mesoscale assistant and fire weather outlook forecaster. Mm -hmm. So the meso is kind of, they swap back and forth between um, the severe desk and the fire weather desk. And then the next grade is the mesoscale outlooker uh, forecaster, which is what I currently do. Um, and again, they, they have responsibility for issuing those MDs and for issuing the outlooks. And then above that is the lead who has sole responsibility for issuing all of the watches that come out of SPC. Um, they also do uh, the 8 a.m. update to the day one outlook mm -hmm. and the 11.30 a.m. update to the outlook. Um, and so that, that's kind of the, the progression. Can you go see the lead and before you leave, put marbles on the floor around? There so there's a, hey, there's an opening. Banana <laughs> Well, I mean, there, there are going to be um, several openings soon-ish. Two of our leads are, are getting very close to being able to retire. So we're going to have some turnover. Wow. Was that so like age 90? <laughs> <laughs> what, what advice would you give to people, especially young women who are in school and want to do what you do, like, what's the best advice to give them? Go find, you know, weather service office first, see if you get in there or what? Yeah, I think first just um, believe in yourself uh, is number one. Yeah. My first week on campus, you meet with, as, a, as an incoming freshman, you meet with kind of a generic advisor um, that helps you enroll in classes. And they told me, because I said, you know, I, I already want to declare my major. I'm going to be a meteorology major. And they're like, oh, no, I think you should pick something else. You probably won't make it. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. They're like, it's really hard. And I'm like, yeah, okay. It's like, well, thanks, but I know what I want. So yeah. enroll me you. in these classes. <laughs> so, so stick up for yourself. Believe in yourself. You know what you're capable of. You know what you're passionate about. So don't listen to anyone who tries to, you know, throw you off of your path. Um, you make that decision. You're in control. So um, that would be number one. Number two would be, yes, get some, some sort of experience, whether 
you know, it's in the weather service, or you think you want to be a researcher or broadcast, whatever your, your niche that you're interested in, reach out, connect with people, make yourself known. Um, that's so, so important because whenever it comes I, time I to agree hire with people, you on that. Yep. yeah, when it comes time to hire people, you know, a, a manager sees two resumes that look very similar. Um, they're going to hire someone who's name that they know or who the people in their office that they ask, Hey, do you know this person? Um, you know, they're going to, they're going to hedge towards the person that they can get feedback on. Um, so, so network, I know it's scary. It's very intimidating. Um, you know, the weather world is, is small. And so, you know, when you're in college, you already have like these people that you're probably looking up to. And the thought of like reaching out to them is really scary. And I get that because I've been there. But you have to, you just have to, you know, suck it up and, and do it <laughs> because that's going to help you miles and miles above. I think that's true too, because nowadays we have so much social media. When I went mm -hmm. to college, we didn't have it. I'm mm -hmm. aging myself, I know, but you know. Same Dina, same. That's, I mean, <laughs> now it's like, hey, so-and-so, <laughs> you yeah. can just reach out to them. Yeah. And I, I, I've had students reach out to me through social media or send me an email. I mean, that's what I did whenever I was interested in the SPC job. Um, I mean, I wanted to work at SPC since I, I knew that when I was in high school. And so when these positions came available, like I reached out to someone that I knew at SPC and was like, you know, what are you guys looking for? You know, what does the position entail? Things like that. I asked questions, um, you know, and so, yeah, it, that just can't be you know, stated enough. That's super important. So just swallow the fear and go for it. We're not going to bite. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's, you know, we have that in common where everyone's following like their dream and their passion loves the weather. So Liz, what's your story? What got you into the weather? Why are you here? What, what was the calling? Oh, I, I was terrified of thunderstorms. Uh, when I was a little girl and it's so funny because I have a five-year-old daughter now and she is also in a phase where she's terrified of thunderstorms but um, <laughs> but yeah so I, I mean I was terrified and so my mom took me to the library and we checked out books about weather and once I kind of understood a little bit better what was going on I was like I was hooked I was fascinated you know from the time I was probably about five years old so yeah. So then the next question is, Liz, um, have you been storm chasing? Oh, yes. <laughs> She's like, girl, please. What's been the best case? You know, sometimes, sometimes I don't even have to go anywhere. It just comes to me. That's nice. No, no driving for four hours. Yeah. I didn't know you lived in Clovis, Liz. I didn't know you lived in Clovis. <laughs> so, Every time uh, you drink an F5, it happens, right? Yeah. I had a tornado a quarter mile from my house in February. So Wow, really? Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's yeah. crazy. Were you home? Yeah. I wasn't, I was at work, but my husband and kids were home and I, I had her protect my husband, drag the kids out of bed into the shelter now, you know? And so it's always a little nerve wracking, like when you're at work and yeah. but like your house is also under threat. And so it's like, ah. and you're looking at radar and you see where they are and you see that cell coming near your house and you know, your kids are there. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're not on like a shift and there's weather, you know, tornadoes around you, like, do you go chase when you're not on shift to like get ground truth? Yeah. When I have time, I do. Um, my opportunities obviously are limited because I'm usually working the severe weather and, you know, I have two, I have two little kids. So, um, my opportunities are more limited now than they, than they used to be, mm -hmm. but Yes. <laughs> yeah. When life gets in the way, right. It really, really, uh, really hinders those storm chasing, uh, opportunities, but tell you what, we're, yeah, uh, we're going to take a short, Oh, go ahead. Do you have something? Oh, I was just going to say, I can't wait till my kids are old enough to go with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, all it takes is mine. a couple car yes. seats in the back. That's, uh, uh, well, that's, my, my nine-year-old, my nine-year-old is ready, but the five-year-old, like I said, she's terrified. So there's no way I would take her. Okay. <laughs> all right. We'll tell you what, we're going to take a short break. We've got a new storm chaser safety clip and, uh, we'll be right back with more from Liz. Time for this edition of Stormfront Freaks Podcast Storm Chaser Safety Tip. 
Join retired fire battalion chief Randy Denzer, EMA director Eddie Aldrin, and police officer Eric Fox as we discuss some of the most common storm chaser safety pitfalls to avoid. So we're covering storm chaser safety tips. I'm with Eddie Aldrin. He's a former law enforcement officer and a current storm chaser and director of emergency management for Nemaha County in Kansas. Eddie, let, let's talk a little bit about um, sleeping in our vehicles. So a lot of storm chasers, to save money, uh, it's it's easy thing to do is pack up and, and also be prepared to uh, spend the night in the back of your vehicle or maybe just in your driver's seat. But let's talk about from a safety standpoint, what are some things that if someone chooses to do that, what are some safety items they should be looking out for or aware of if they're going to do that? Well, we all know that storm chasers, I mean, the whole hobby could be pretty expensive. So money might be a little tight and we're having to not be able to afford to sleep in a hotel or a motel that night. Uh, what I suggest people do, and I've never slept in the car myself. I'm I'm six three, uh, so I don't fit in the back back of a car very well. That'd be tough. Um, yeah, finding a brightly lit parking lot, rest stop, parking underneath the uh, underneath the light. That way, it's illuminated enough that if you're in a spot and someone walks up on your car, it's lit brightly enough that people can see someone around you. With that being said, I would also make sure that other people are there uh, too. Um, you're not finding some parking lot where you're the only person there because there's something where it happened to you. No one's around to do that. Always lock your doors, things of that sort. One thing that I've had happen when I was in law enforcement, uh, and I, it was actually a storm chaser when I was a sheriff's deputy on the south side of Kansas City. Uh, we had a guy uh, notify our dispatch called our non-emergency line uh, with the sheriff's office say, hey, I'm going to be here. Uh, if you guys aren't busy later, um, it'd be nice just to roll through and check and see if everything's secure. And most of us uh, law enforcement officers won't have a problem with that. If we're if we're not busy, we can just do a quick drive-through, make sure you're okay, and uh, move on to our way and do that multiple times during the night, depending on how busy you are. If you're a proponent of having uh, weapons in your car, um, that's another thing too, to protect yourself or, and it doesn't even have to be firearms. Uh, it can be a baseball bat or something else. Uh, just something that will give you a little easier job to uh, protect yourself if something were to uh, attack you. Good. Yeah. And, I, and I'll add too just some, some tips I'd gotten from other storm chasers uh, that like to spend the night near a hotel or in a hotel parking lot that's well lit. And certainly, as you mentioned before, people are going to be around or near a convenience store, like a 24-hour convenience right. store. You know, it has restrooms as well, but but usually well lit and uh, people on a regular basis moving around. So thanks, Eddie. Appreciate it. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby. All right, welcome back to the show. So, Liz, um, there there had to have been some crazy days in the SPC. You just, when we went to break, you talked a little bit about um, uh, having to do that or, or having to work so hard, especially on these severe days. What What has been for you so far the craziest day in the SPC, working the SPC, um, where time probably flew by so fast because you were cranking all all day long. Oh gosh, um, there have been a lot. I think probably um, one of the biggest would be like the April twenty seventh, twenty eleven um, outbreaks. Um, that was a very busy day in ops. Um, you know, all of the watches, all of the products. You know, MDs, everything flying out, but also just everybody kind of you know, we knew it was going to be bad, but just everybody's just kind of stunned. And even like 
people from like our science support branch um, in the back were coming out and we're all just kind of watching, you know, in awe and horror uh, what was happening. And yeah, it, that was an intense day. For so sure. what, I guess, what was your role that day? What were you involved in doing and, and going into that day? Kind of what were you thinking? Cause this, how, I, how long had you been with the SPC? Um, it was only my set, my second warm season with the okay. SPC. So I'd only been there for, um, less than a year and a half. Um, so I was a meso A, but I was actually working the fire weather desk that day. And so you can imagine what a distraction that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, luckily the, the fire weather stuff was pretty well in hand. And so I was also updating like our social media accounts, um, and stuff like that, monitoring radar, um, you know, just kind of, uh, being another set of eyes on, on things was, uh, was, was a great a, learning experience for sure. Was there a point during that day that you, that you really felt like, Oh, this, this is it, or this is really happening right now? Yeah. I, I mean, there was a moment I think where I kind of just sat back, you know, because I was able to just observe more, um, since I was on the fire desk and, just take it all in and watch everybody and think, you know, this is a really big deal. This is a, a really big moment. And I just kind of want to remember what it was like. And um, yeah, it, it was hard too, though. You know, I mean, uh, I talked to some OU students recently about things like critical incident stress. Um, and I think that's something that we don't talk enough about in meteorology um, you know, after that shift, I came home and I just laid in bed and all of the news alerts for the fatalities started rolling in and I'm just laying in bed, you know, sobbing, um, because it's my job to forecast bad things. And even when the forecast is perfect and all of the products are issued perfectly and everything works seamlessly, bad things happen. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that, you know, you can really do about that. And that can be a real challenge uh, to deal with after these events. No, and, and that makes sense. Um, I can't even imagine. Um, I was actually working in local TV during the April 27, 2011. So in Tupelo, Mississippi. So I totally understand. And we actually, we have a, a great question from one of our live viewers. Um fuzzy. And it was a similar question to what Phil asked. And she was wondering what was the worst tornado break you ever had to cover. And maybe you can talk a little bit to Joplin or El Reno and you know what that was like, or was it April 27th, 2011 was the worst one that you've ever had to cover? Um, I think the April 27th, 2011 was the worst. I, I wasn't working for Joplin. Um, honestly, I can't remember if I was working El Reno either. <laughs> I think that everything kind of runs together after a while. But I will say, although it wasn't an outbreak, um, a week before El Reno, the more, uh, uh. you know, uh, tornado in 2013, I was working for that event. And that was another event that was, you know, close to home, very tragic. Um, and, you know, between what the, the 2011 season and the things that happened in 2013, I had a really hard time. Um, you know, and it's like, are we, what more can we do? You know, in, in every meteorologist is their own worst critic, I think, you know, yes. <laughs> and so, you know, it's kind of like this, this feeling like, okay, I know rationally, like I did a good job that we did a good job, but you know, there people still died. And so that, that's hard to, to wrap your head around. But after that, uh, the, the Moore 2013 tornado, um, the hospital in Moore actually was destroyed in that tornado. And my doctor's office was in that hospital. And she called me a couple weeks later. And she was like, Liz, I just want you to know, I heard you, your interview on the radio. I gave an interview that morning before I got off my midnight shift it's with a local um, radio station. She was like, I heard your interview that morning. And because of what you said, I closed my office at 11 a.m. and sent everybody home. And so no one was there when the tornado hit. Wow. 
And I so goosebumps. I have goosebumps. I'm just getting a little body. Yeah. Oh my God. And we don't get, you know, the WFOs get a lot more feedback, especially because, you know, they're doing the surveys, they're interacting with the public. We're kind of removed from that at SBC. And so we don't get a lot of feedback like that very often. And so like, that was kind of a moment for me, like, okay, what I do does matter. And mm -hmm. people do hear what we say and, you know, it makes a difference. And so that, that was really helpful in that moment. And it's so hard to find another doctor too. I'm just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Uh, so I gotta, I gotta ask this. So on the easy days, on the days you're like, whoo, this is going to be an easy day. Do y'all prank each other? What do y'all do for fun? <laughs> Oh, we're very good. Okay. So, I mean, the, these, these other, you know, 20 other guys and one other female that I work with, I mean, I see them probably more than I see my own family yeah. um, because of our your crazy schedules, <laughs> you know, so we know each other very well and we know which buttons to push and which grenades to lob. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, there's, there's a lot of, of, of that. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's a great, great place to, to work and outside of, you know, picking on each other, um, you know, when the weather is quiet, most of us also are working on like research projects or, you know, other things like that, that keep us busy when severe weather is quiet. Shopping, Amazon, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hey, uh, Liz, that's the sound. It is time for our lightning round. So if you're not familiar, this is our game show of flashy and brilliant questions. Uh, that we always play with our guests. And so we always invite everyone to kind of play along. Uh, if you're listening at home, uh, go ahead and, and chime in. If you're actually watching us right now, you can join in on the chat. Um, but tonight, we're going to play a, a little game. So I understand maybe you're a, a, you like to bake. Is that right? Oh, yes, I do. All right, so we're going to play a little game tonight called Baker's Dozen. <laughs> All right, so what, how, how this works, Liz, is I'm, I'm going to go through. This is actually from, uh, of course, a great baking magazine called Cosmopolitan. Uh, they're, they're known, <laughs> oh my God. known for their, their baking articles, right? Yeah. But, um, so these are desserts with stupid names. Why are you reading Cosmo? Yeah, thank you, Liz. <laughs> That's fair. It was just sitting there. I just happened to That's see fair. it was on the table. I want to hear that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, <laughs> so desserts with stupid names. So, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the name of two desserts. And you have to tell me which one is a, a real dessert. Might have a stupid name, but it's a real dessert. Um, and, and we always tell our co-hosts, they're certainly welcome to chime in and play along. Maybe some of them read Cosmo more than I do and <laughs> might even be familiar with this article. I'm not sure. But um, so here we go. You ready for this? All right. Let's ready to roll. Here, so here's the first two desserts. You just tell me which one is the real one. Uh, apple Platts or Bam Apple Pichons. What is the real dessert? That's Bam Apple Bichons. No. <laughs> oh, that, I would have almost is. gone with that, Liz. Yeah, it, it just seems so one. out. Yeah, yeah, it seems yeah. too weird to not hey, be real. That, that, so I came up with that name. If anybody wants to use that for a dessert, <laughs> they're welcome to have it. I'll have I have no come idea. up with something. I, I will tell you, they get easier from here, but Apple Platts, it says it's somewhere in the middle of cake and pie. And I don't know if I want to live somewhere in the middle of cake and pie. Like, give it's me cake, cake and pie. or give me pie. <laughs> not give I me both. All right. Be actually good. It, it, I would try it. Yeah. All right, here we go. The next two. Uh, Blackberry Sun Beach or Summer Berry Grunt? <laughs> okay, and you got this from Cosmo with the grunt. I'm just saying. Yeah, so I'm which, which, go, which one's I'm the real gonna, dessert? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the grunt. The Summer Berry Grunt. Ooh. You would be correct. 
Okay. Uh, it's a, it's a, if, if you want to know, it's a cobbler slow cooked on the stovetop. Oh, there that you makes go. sense. Summer beer grunt. All right, next one. <laughs> Tiny Raspberry Fools or Little Miss Muffet? One of those <laughs> is a real name of a dessert. <laughs> uh, you could tell these were from Cosmo. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Little Miss Muffet. <laughs> ah. Now, tiny raspberry fools are old-fashioned English desserts with bright, tangy flavor. Hmm. I'm getting hungry. Tiny raspberry fools. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one: uh, rhubarb eaten mess or never rub another man's rhubarb. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> rhubarb eaten mess or never rub another man's rhubarb. What's the well, it's, it's, Co it's Cosmo, so I'm going to go with the other man's rhubarb. No, so so I guess mess, a rhubarb eaten mess, it's fruit, meringue, and cream. And a lot of this stuff, I guess, is English. They must be known for their baking good, their baked goods, or something. And their tarts. But they have a whole like show about this. Oh, well. and they've British got Bake Off. And they didn't oh, okay. have never rub another man's rhubarb as one of their uh, desserts. <laughs> How dare they? They might now. <laughs> All right, next two we got peach key lime belt or apple blood orange buckle. Peach huh, key lime belt or apple blood orange buckle. Two. I'm gonna go with apple blood orange buckle. Yeah. 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 That's correct. So this one's actually the the buckle is an American cake with fruit in the batter and a crumble topping. Mm. Mm. Sounds so good. There you go. Sounds good. All right, we got a couple more. Peach brown Betty or Black Betty Bambalam. <laughs> Peach brown Betty. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's correct. It's uh, it's a fruit crisp, uh, a fruit crisp like apple crisp or something. All right, old fashioned apple pan dowdy, or old fashioned howdy doody. <laughs> the pan, the pan dowdy. Yeah, I'd go. There. That is correct. So that's a the pan dowdy is a cobbler variation with crumbly crust. Mm -hmm. uh, for all you, okay, next one Concordia cobbers. Or Johnny Cake Cobblers. A little shout out to MJ there, by the way. Hmm. I'm going to go with the Johnny Cakes. The Johnny Cake Cobblers? That's very yeah. good. Very good. Nice. It's, it's, a, it's a variation of the cobbler using Johnny Cake cornbread. So it's like a the, cornbread cobbler. The first, the first one sounded like a like school mascot or something. Uh, you would be <laughs> correct. You okay. actually <laughs> Uh, ah, that, that's nice. uh, M MJ graduated his undergraduate degree from Concordia in Moorhead, Minnesota, and they were the Cobbers. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Good job. All right. So, here's the last one. <laughs> you ready for this one, Maz? You can chime in on this one if you'd like. Uh, either the Creamy Pecker or the Spotted Dick. One of those is a real dessert the Creamy Pecker or Spotted Dick? The Spotted what do you think? Dick. Yeah, it's spotted dick. You no are way. correct. Very good. <laughs> wow. Yeah, nice job. So, all right, so do this, Liz. Uh, let our <laughs> listeners and viewers know where they can find you on social media. Um, Not like yeah, stalk so you, but like where they can find you on social media. <laughs> yeah, please don't stalk me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at WeatherLiz, so at W-X-L-I-Z. Okay. Okay. And, that, and, and Twitter, that's kind of where you hang out? That's pretty much where I'm at, yep. <laughs> okay. Nice. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's do for. this. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So before we go to break, uh, Jen, why don't you introduce our new uh, partnership? All right. Stormfront Freaks is happy to partner again with the leader in weather geek gear. Helicity.co.co is back as the exclusive provider of Stormfront Freaks merch. Visit Helicity.co, the weather superstore for the freaks and you. All right. Very good. So we're going to take our final break. We've got a Zuck Zone gas station food review for you. And we'll be right back with our hashtag weather fools and WXAI fun.
right, Tommy, pizza review time. Storm Chase Edition, we are at the Tower Plaza Cafe and Pizzeria here in Shamrock, Texas, at what should be a high-risk tornado day. Alas, just a moderate risk. I've got the Piccadilly Pizza personal pan. And of course, you know I had to go with the Supreme without the mushrooms because, hey, I don't eat fungus, right? All right, one bite. Yeah, Everyone so. knows the rules. Let's go ahead and try this, all right? Really we don't have any flop. Uh, it looks a little bit like a Red Baron pizza. Hey, I'm not hating on Red Baron. I'm just saying if I paid 12 bucks for a pizza, maybe not Red Baron, right? All right, one bite. Everyone knows the rules. It's a Red Baron pizza. All in all, not great, not bad. I rate it a strong 6.3. Yeah. Hey, this is meteorologist Jim Cantore from the Weather Channel. I am a weather geek, and I am listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. You should, too. Let's take a drive under the Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. It is time for Weather Fools. Here we go, episode 185. With Weather Fools, we try to show you the people that do some really great and intelligent things involving the weather. So I hear, Phil, we're going to go ahead and start out with you with an audio clip first. Uh, yeah, and I, you're talking really quiet. Like, like, you, is there people sleeping behind you? I'm trying to be seductive. <laughs> <laughs> it's All sexy right. weather fools. Issue. So this one, uh, I love it. So this one comes from one of our uh, listeners, Clarence Smith, actually shared this with us. He said, volume up. Uh, so we're going to play this video. It looks like he's storm chasing. And uh, my guess is something's going to flash and make a loud noise. Oh. Wow. And he hops in his truck. (laughs) (laughs) Time to get in. If if you hear a sizzle, yeah, if you hear a sizzle, that's that's probably the sound that uh, it's kind of close. It's kind of close. So he said he said he was a self uh, self submitted weather fool. (laughs) Don't zero meter lightning. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Thank you. Oh my gosh. All right, Jen, we hear you've got a couple weather fools. I do have a couple weather fools. Um, so the first one, hopefully you guys oh can see it. So this is uh, yep. I don't know if it's yeah. weather per se, but um yeah, some people not doing being so smart at I think this is Yosemite National Park. Um taking a selfie with a bison, just you know, a huge animal mammal right there. Like they're like a foot away. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. surprised that they from a wild fire. bison. <laughs> yes, yes. And that bison's probably thinking, "You dumb. This is dumb." Yes. I'm going to take Liz's advice and say you don't zero meter bison either. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And actually, this is one. Uh, There's a report a uh, week before this of more people getting close to them. So they're, you know, the officials are warning people not to do that because they're actually really quick and people don't realize it. So that is one of my weather fools. And we have another one as well. And I'm going to see if I can scroll up to it. It's of some flooding video at a gas station. Um, and it's kind of surprising because the person taking the video, um, I don't know if they should be doing what they're doing because look Jeez. at that water. It's Jeez. about two Whoa. feet deep. Yeah. And people are they look driving. like they're driving yes. or in a boat or in a boat. Yeah. Yes. They are nope. driving. Well, I just there's saw the rear view mirror. mirror. <laughs> yeah. There's a rear view mirror. But it's. It's the last thing you should be doing. It gets a little less steep as you get closer to the gas station, but it's just like, guys, you know, I mean, I know you want to get out of the water, but just, I don't know, be smart about it because you just don't know the integrity of the road underneath wherever you're driving, especially during flash flood situations. That's halfway up the gas pump. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a place where you want to be either when there's a flood too. So yeah. Wait till they're all electric cars, man. I know. (laughs) 
that's, that's gonna ruin that battery immediately. That that's bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, Dina, what you got for weather fools? All right, so I'm assuming this is going to be Florida because there's a crocodile. <laughs> but I, th at first when I saw this, I thought it was fake because this woman standing near floodwaters, she's got a tiny little dog. And I've seen videos where gators have grabbed little dogs, right? Mm -hmm. So these gators are coming like almost right up to her. And you see this gator like eyeing that dog. And he's really close to the woman. She's just standing there like, like she, just, she don't care. She says she takes off her flip-flops. She's like, get out of here, gator. Oh my and the God. dog's just sitting there. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just pick the damn dog up and walk away? Yeah. No. Wait, don't, are you, are you playing the video? Play the video. Yeah, I am playing the video. Oh, no, we're not seeing the move. We're not seeing it move. Oh, my God. Well, I'm playing it. Hang on. But okay. the, Let me put it on the other screen. Gators move fast. Crocodiles move fast. You know, if she's not moving while they're eyeing her dog. I know. And look, and look the dog's like, hey, little guy. Yeah, we're, we're seeing a quarter friend? of your screen right now. Uh, yeah, we're I've not getting it. it. That's okay. All no, right. No, well, move you'll move have your, to see okay. it on the show notes. I put yeah, it we'll on two it, different yeah. screens. You described it well. Very you well. did. That was beautifully <laughs> I think done. I'm just going to take my flip-flop off and just go, go away, gator. Because <laughs> you guys remember that that video, like I don't know, maybe last year, where the gator came up and grabbed the dog, and the owner jumped into the water. Yes, to yes. get the dog. It was a little dog. I'm like, yeah. I can just see him eating that dog. Maz's yeah. face right there. He's like, a yeah, dog. Like, what? <laughs> Instead of gator bites, it's puppy bites. Then, <laughs> puppy for the yeah. gator. He just turns that around. That's all he's doing. Puppy yeah. chow. All right. <laughs> All right, Phil. So I hear you've got a couple more weather fools. All right. So I've got, uh, I've got, I'm going to call this underpass parking restrictions. Uh, this <laughs> is from, from our friend, Jen Walton. Uh, you guys know how much I love it when it's hailing and everybody takes up every single spot under Whoa. the uh, overpass. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And of course, every single spot is taken up, including the lanes that you're supposed to be driving in people. Your car is not any more important than anybody else's. Get the F out of the way so other people can drive under the overpass, please. <laughs> Enough said, right, I, I think, right? Let's get the yeah. F5 out of the way. That's what yeah, I'm really. Yeah. All right. Okay, next one uh, comes from the National Weather Service in the Twin Cities. They issued a worm warning, I guess. Uh, invasion of the worms. It said areas along and south of I-94 can expect to see smell and step on mini Ew. worms this morning Ooh. proceed with caution yuck so liz is that something that they're talking about in the uh, test bed of maybe a new worm warning worm watch i hope not okay. <laughs> yeah, let, let, just one more thing let's just add that to my list of things to do yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah, so that was interesting how they even forecast that. All right, now this one, I'm going to play a video. This is, uh, who is this? Adam Olivier. So here we go. So this, uh, so this is, here's what I want you to do. Before I play this video, you're going to see almost right away when I play it, you're going to see something fly, kind of fly in. <laughs> and then watch his left shoulder, the one that's kind of cl leaning closest to us. Mm -hmm. Watch his left shoulder. So something's going to fly in, then watch oh, his God. left shoulder. It better not be a spider. Oh, it's a bug! It's on oh, the it's yeah. Holy it's cow. Oh, oh my like God. Giant. And, oh, my and God. he just realized it's on. <gasps> Holy. Oh, God. my goodness. No. He it's on his arm. Cockroach. It's a cockroach. I'm screaming, and it's, yeah. I'm not even getting the cockroach. No. Absolutely. Oh, it's hanging God. from his elbow. <laughs> oh, this is great. So he's trying like, to give the weather with a cockroach just step on him. on the damn thing already. Wow. Oh, my God. Get it off. That's How disgusting cockroach. is that? That is so gross. The, and the, the worst thing, is when, it, when ew, it climbs up his shoulder it. right there. Oh, oh. God. I swear to God, if that went on his face, I'd faint. Yeah, I never good. realized those were so fast. Wait, where is he? They, they would, now, they'd have to they'd have to go to commercial because I would be saying no. Uh, 
Yes. <laughs> All right. This one comes from uh, Nick Isabella. He did. Uh, he said updated SPC outlook really cuts back <laughs> on the tornado threat. Rightfully so. So he shows the tornado threat day, uh, the, the twelve hundred, and then the thirteen hundred tornado threat, and he just goes back and forth in a GIF. And uh, yeah, it looks oh it looks God. like I, I'm calling it a tornado threat turtle. Because uh, well, that's kinda, a nice way to say it. Yeah, jumped, it the tornado threat jumped in the cold water is uh, is what I'm going to call that. <laughs> that happens so. so often. I can't tell you like how many times I draw like areas, and I'm like, God, can I really issue this? Can you just alter it a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) Next time I see one, I'm going to message you on Twitter, Liz. There's a whole whole Twitter account for these types of things. Yeah. This is true. There is. Dina's going to say, don't you think that should be bigger? What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Nice job, Liz. It's All not right. the size that matters. <laughs> <laughs> I like Liz better every, every minute. She makes yeah. jokes and she bakes. <laughs> I want to work with Liz. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. So if you want to see any of these clips, and I'd like to see them too, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go to stormfrontfreaks.com. I'm going to check out episode 185 show notes. These. So Weather AI is, uh, the Stormer Freaks are going to be starting to test new technology in Weather AI and see how ready the weather community is for this. So we're going to put it through the ringer. We're going to test it. We're going to play with it. We're going to see actually if it works. So Phil, I think you have a little, a couple test subjects you want to try. Yeah. So we're, we're going to use a little aspect of, uh, of AI tonight and, and to test it, I'm going to play a little Mad Libs with you guys. Did you guys ever, have you ever played Mad Libs when when you were kids or maybe your kids are playing it now even. So I'm going to go around the horn. I'm going to ask each of you uh, to add to this. And then what we're going to do is we're going to plug this into a uh, AI uh, software program that basically creates images and, and we're going to kind of see what it comes up with. But Liz, I'm going to start with you after you chug your F5. Um, <laughs> I, I want to know from you, uh, give me a famous person, a famous person. Hmm. Um, you know, I recently was playing Mad Libs with my kids and we had a famous person come up. And so I'm going to use my, my son's suggestion of Bob Ross. Oh, Bob oh, Ross. Why wow, your son suggested that? That's, that's oh yeah, he okay. watches nice. he watches it he watches them on Netflix. Really? Oh wow, that's yeah. awesome. All right, uh, Dean, I'll go to you. Give me a weather-related job or role, something you do in the like a weather-related job or something you do in the weather. Uh, I draw weather graphics. So uh, weather graphics. Weather graphics. Yep. Uh, so weather graphic person, what would you call that person? Uh, weather... Graphics meteorologist. Uh, wow, okay. There's a lot, <laughs> There's of, a lot of letters in that, Phil. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it depends okay. on how many you got that. All right, Maz, I need an action verb ending in I-N-G. Action verb. Barking. 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 Okay. Uh, Jen, give me a weather phenomenon, some kind of weather phenomenon. Ooh, can it be like a Sharknado? Sure. (laughs) I I didn't say it had to be a real one, so that's fair. (laughs) So Sharknado. And then Serena, something you hold in your hand. (laughs) (laughs) I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. I've had some. You're the end of the drinking day, I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go with Estral. In honor of Brady, who's not here. Uh, Kestrel, that's a good so, one. So, uh, uh, anemo- God, you guys are anemometer. <laughs> it's like anemone, Phil. I mean, you know, okay. So, so here's what I'm going to do. We are going to enter. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Dolly 2. But basically, it's an AI that will create images and art and all this kind of stuff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to add what you guys did. So we're going to do Bob Ross. I'm going to type that in as a graphic uh, meteorologist. 
um, barking from uh, barking from a Sharknado. Uh, oh God! With an anemometer. Oh, okay. All right. So that's what. So so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna generate it. What it does, it's gonna kick out four different images for us. And uh, we're, we're going to see how good this AI did with creating what we asked it to come up with. So um, it's thinking. It's a little, a little bit. <laughs> so here we go. Oh so here's the first God. one. So that's Bob Ross, apparently as a graphic meteorologist, barking from a Sharknado that's amazing. with an anemometer. So I don't know if that it looks like a drill. It does, not, and it, whatever's in his hand, it does not look like a brush. No, what is this? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm making fun of Now, right here's now. the dog, so that must have been the barking part. Okay. <laughs> right? I don't know. Let's look at the next one. Um, oh, what is it? It looks like a uh, Dremel tool. Yeah. What? Or a, yeah. Or a tooth, toothbrush or something. It looks Very like something dental. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still I'm still waiting to see the Sharknado. I don't really see a Sharknado yeah. anywhere. Yeah. It probably should have said Tornado. Oh, there's a that looks oh. like a hair dryer. He's, is that, I know he's like blowing his hair. He's having <laughs> a moment. He's having yeah. He's having Bob a Ross moment. Is, Bob Ross is getting a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last uh, one. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> This is uh, this is this looks like uh, who's the Back to the Future doctor? Uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, whatever yeah, crazy doctor. Yeah. yeah, he's got white hair. Bob Ross with white hair. I I keep wondering what's this like? There looked to be like some kind of tattoo or something on his shirt. Was that like supposed to show that he was a know. meteorologist or something? I can't First even read it. The so. initials uh, of the AI. I, the AI is having a hard time figuring out what an anemometer is. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. would you agree? Yeah, yes. it is. Yeah, it it needs work on the anemometer. Sharknado. I didn't see any Sharknado yeah, I anywhere. I didn't see one shark. Well, mm -hmm. hey, hey, wait on that one. Look, it almost looks like a shark like coming up. Oh, in it the does. Water. Okay. Where? Yeah, with the fin right oh, there, right the, here? under his hand. The yeah. white, you know, the white part. The it's white like a part. Shark from is he? Is the mouth is open? Yeah, it's a, yeah. Go it's down, a great. Down, I don't see it. Right oh, there. right here. Yeah, yeah, that's the mouth, and there's yeah. the fin to the left. Interesting. Dina, you'd yeah. be fun at Rorschach. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great. You're, they yeah, do you... have me do ink blots a lot. At, never mind. It's a great <laughs> white chart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I don't know how. Where where are we at with AI? Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. I still, we still have a job. That's that's yeah. what we need to know. I still have yeah. a job. We have some work to do. All right, well, folks, that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Live. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, before we announce the guest of our next episode, I've got a request. If you like the show, uh, hit the follow or subscribe button and help us out by sharing your favorite episode either on social media or just share it with a friend. Um, let's go around and also find out, Freaks, how people can find you. So, Jen, I'll start with you. Uh, yes, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Jennifer Weather, and Twitter at jwatson underscore wx. Very good. Serena? All social media at WX Serena, W-X-C-Y-R-E-N-A. Maz, I'll tell you this. I had a hard time tagging you on Twitter. Do you still have a Twitter account? I do. Okay. What at is it? Money Storm, the number four, and the letter U. Okay. But do you, you must... ever look at it? You know. <laughs> I'm on it right now. I'm actually not even watching you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dina, how about you? Uh, Twitter, I'm LadyPilot70, and Instagram, I'm Dina OSU. Cool. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Stormfront Freak. Uh, special thanks to our guest tonight, Liz Lightman. Liz, thank you. Thank you. Liz. That was a lot of fun, so thanks for that. Uh, next episode, we've got Storm Photographer and Photo of the Year winners, uh, Jim Tang and Paige Vincent are going to be in the studio uh, Dina and Serena, we saw Paige on the side of the road on uh, Tornado Day in Grady. Oh, we did? When we were in front of the uh, wind turbines for 45 oh. minutes or an hour. Okay. She, uh, yeah, she pulled over and she had stopped. She was taking photos right next to us. So, nice. um, so obviously, we're going to cover a lot of great photography tips. 
So if you want to get some good stuff, definitely tune in. Uh, Stormfront Freaks will be live on Thursday, June 22nd at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central on YouTube. And the audio podcast will be available that weekend. So uh, for Jen and Serena, Maz, Dina, and Liz, I'm going to signal the all clear. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. So good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. You can watch our bi-weekly show live on youtube.com slash stormfrontfreaks and download the audio version on your favorite podcast player. For links to our Patreon team of exclusive benefits, show notes, past shows, new videos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our interactive chaser radar from our friends at zoomradar.com. If you'd like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.